Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by Todd Graffinini, John DeShazer. We're going to recap the first preseason game where the Saints did, in fact, get the victory. It came late in walk-off fashion, but it was a lot of fun to be able to come away with a win at the Superdome Dome for the first preseason game. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was, uh, I think, if you were a Saints fan, you had to have been pretty pleased. I mean, obviously, if you're Dennis Allen, you're always going to try to come up with things that you have to work on. But look, I mean, I don't think anybody could argue what you saw in the first drives, you know, both offensively and defensively. They got the job done. You go right down the field and score a touchdown uh, with the first team offense. The first team defense had a couple of stops so, and get getting the ball back to the offense again. They were able to score with James Winston in the second drive. So, you know, it, after that, I think it just it looked basically like a preseason game. There were a lot of mistakes and penalties and you know, that's it, that's just the way it is. But uh, just to, to to make those plays at the end, and for Jake Hayner to lead that drive and uh, getting the touchdown uh, to Merriweather, and of course what happened on the two point conversion is another story. But then to get the ball back on the interception and the, and Groupie with the kick, I, I just you know I think it was a good day in the dome, JD. Yeah, I mean I thought Dennis Allen was really really honest about it. You know, you had a great beginning. You know, first-team offense scores, uh, second-team offense scores. James Winston throws a great 29-yard touchdown pass uh, to A.T. Perry. And then, you know, you just kind of, eh, everything kind of fell off the table a little bit. And then they finally kind of scrambled around and picked it up at the end. So, you know, it's always good to win at the end. But it's preseason. More than anything, you wanted to see a good showing by the first-team offense, first-team defense. You got that. Um, there's going to be some work to do with the backups because that's where it really got sloppy. And even though you're – twos are playing against their twos you want their your twos and threes to beat their twos and threes and so it got it got really sloppy there so that's something that you know he'll want to clean up he'll want to see cleaned up and hopefully the players will get it cleaned up let's start with the good the first team offense coming in Derek Carr looked very comfortable his first time in black and gold even though he said it felt a little weird looked a little weird wearing those colors the first time but he, very efficient, he was distributing the ball to various players, Alvin Kamara as a receiver, as a runner, Michael Thomas got in on the action, and then, of course, it was Keith Kirkwood in the end zone. So they were very, I don't know, efficient, but also diverse in the ways that they were attacking. What did you like about that first drive? The offense looked like it was supposed to look, like we've grown accustomed to it looking for uh, 15 years. Um you distribute the ball around. He had, you know, six completions and eight attempts, four different receivers. Uh, so you spread it out. The defense doesn't know where the ball's going now. Again, it's the first preseason game. They're playing vanilla defense. You're playing vanilla offense. So it's really, really basic, but it's just good to see that basically Derek Carr threw to the open guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than the touchdown attempt to Michael Thomas on the fade, you know, where that was one of those where it looked like he was just predetermined, hey, I'm going to give Michael Thomas a shot. Other than that, it was who's open? Okay, throw it to him. Who's open? Throw it to him. And I thought he did a really good job of that, and that's what you want to see out of the Saints offense. That's when it's best when the ball is spread around. And if you watch it again, and 
what really impressed me about Carr was the fact that he's mobile and he can create a little space for himself. And of course, that makes your offensive line look a little bit better too. But just to slide two steps to his right in the pocket and get himself a little more room to throw the ball, which he did on target. We saw that to Jawan Johnson. We saw that to Alvin Kamara. And then on the touchdown to Kirkwood, that was not his first. That was not his first option. Uh, he's looking off guys, and then he sees Kirkwood in the in the back right of the end zone. So uh, I think we saw a little more, you know. <laughs> dynamic Derek Carr than you do out there in practice when you're going up against yourself yeah I mean we really hadn't seen him move in the pocket like that in any of these training camp practices so that was a different wrinkle to see from him we've been talking about the offensive line it's been kind of beat up so far through training camp but the first team came in there and I think that did their job it looks pretty good no I, I it's just it was just nice to see all five guys out there at the same time you know because you don't have Ramchick taking a vet day or or, or whatever, you know, anybody uh, just taking a day off. For the most part, they've been intact other than Andrus Pete, who we haven't seen, you know, basically since the beginning of camp now. But I think James Hurst has really uh, set himself up here at left guard right now. Obviously, he's going to continue to do that with the first team as long as Pete is out. But uh, it was just good to see those guys have some continuity and, and, and able to, you know, break that hole for Camaro in the second play. And, um, uh, and, and, also, to see Penning go a little extra at left mm-hmm. tackle, you know, even after the touchdown, he came back and worked with the twos. So I know they want to continue to get him reps. He needs the reps. He needs the work, uh, especially after his rookie season, which was shortened by injury. So he needs all that work. And then he finished up the rookie season, you know, messing up his plantar fascia. Um, excuse me, messing up his foot, um, Liz Frank. And so he needs all that work. Uh, I thought the offensive line was pretty good. Uh, as you mentioned, just to see Derek Carr be able to shift around a little bit, buy some time, that'll make the offensive line look better uh, because you have a guy who is mobile enough to give you an extra tick or two to throw the football. And so, you know, I thought that worked well in their favor too. So the offensive line is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good. You get Tre- Trevor Penning working his way in. James Hurst is is the MVP of the offensive line because he can play so many positions mm-hmm. and will have to because guys get hurt. So, you know, he's the one guy you don't want to see get hurt because he can play four positions. And so, you know, I, but I think the offensive line can be a strength if you can finally – I need to just knock on – There's a, wood, a wood right house. there. Yeah, I need, I need a well, lumber – You have knocked on that a, wood a lot. I need a lumber yard. <laughs> but if you can knock on wood and if you can get them back to full health and get everybody in there to get to cohesiveness, I think this unit can be a strength of the team. Yeah, absolutely. We go on the other side of the ball, the defense coming in for two strong drives or you know, kind of shut down the Chiefs' drives with a four fourth down stop and then a three and out after that defensively they weren't allowing the first team for the Chiefs to do anything look it's difficult in training camp and we've talked about this from the beginning and we're gonna say it on loop when we do these shows a year from now it's always tough to analyze what your team looks like because you're going up against yourself and you're going uh, and you really start to figure things out when you're going up against other teams well you know, for the let's not say for the most part, but there have been a lot of days, JD. I mean, you've been out there that the offense has struggled. And are you going? Are well, is is our offense? You know, is is our offensive line not really that good, or is is the defense actually playing playing pretty well? I think it's the latter. Um, you know, there was so much turnover on the defensive line, and you just don't know how it was going to 
kind of gel together here, especially early in camp. But I mean, to see what those guys have done, you know, Saunders and Shepard and Malcolm Roach has played so well. Um, it really translated from practices and to to the game, um, and I think that was a very big key. Uh, Tano Passigno, I mean, he played very well. And if you had get those guys up front doing that, even though I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of pressure on the quarterbacks on Sunday, it's still going to make everybody else behind them better. And, I mean, Pete Werner was everywhere the other day. Um, and, of course, it's just so nice to have your entire defensive backfield intact and, and just watch those guys make plays. Well, it was good to see them play good run defense, even though it's preseason, right. even though it's preseason opener and it's early. But the run defense was really leaky last year. And that's where it starts for the Saints. If you can stop the run, then you force them into situations that are favorable to you defensively, you hope. Because you put them in passing downs, and then you might be able to pressure the quarterback, get them off his spot. But you can't do any of that if you can't stop the run. And they got to a point last year where they were extremely leaky against the run. So now you start off the preseason this way where you're getting stops against the run, and everything feeds off of that, I think. Um, Colin Saunders is going to be is going to be big, and he's already a media star. But he's but he's going to be big in the interior of that defense because he's kind of got those you know ballet feet for a big guy where he can get around people, and of course he's got the power so he can power through people. But he's really going to be a good addition, I think, on the interior. And then you know you see what happens on the ends, especially when you get into the season. Um, Brissy looks like the real deal. He looks like the real deal, even though again. God, I, I, you got to couch everything saying it's preseason. But when you beat a guy, you just beat a guy. Whether it's preseason or practice or whatever, he's beating people. And so you know that, that – you believe that's something that will translate into the real games. Now he's going to have to go to a plan B at some point because he's going to run up against some people who know what his plan A is. So what's going to be his plan B? But right now it looks like he's just flat out able to beat people. I want to go back to Saunders too because, you know, he's been saying how much he's loved the heat and how great of a shape he's in. You know, he's he's, he's said he's in the best shape of his life. And he's still, you know, a pretty solid three bills out there. If you if you go back and watch the tape on that fourth down stop, he basically just plants himself right in the middle uh, after the ball was snapped and was a human wall. I mean, I mean, literally a human wall, and that allowed uh, Warner and Bond to come in and stop the tight end, Bell, uh, from getting the first down. And again, you don't really see that unless you watch it again on tape, but those are the kind of things that a big guy like that in the middle of a defense can do. Well, think about it. This is a, this is a tight end sneak, right? He's under, right? He's under center. He takes a sneak. Bond and, and Werner are able to get to him off the edges because everything's stacked up in the middle. You don't normally have that. I mean, maybe you get a guy die over the top to make a stop or a guy on the interior makes a stop, but they had enough push to where the guys were able to get off the end to get him, which was which was impressive. And rare. Yeah. It's Coming into the season was the position group that had the most turnover. As you mentioned, it looks like it's one of the strengths of the team or quickly becoming one of them definitely looks like that's not an area of concern anymore. After the ones go out, Obviously, there's a lot of players that we started to see throughout the game that are really fighting for spots on this team. Who were some of the players or performances that stood out to you? I mean, if you, you can I be captain obvious, colonel obvious, general obvious? Where 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 do you want me to go? Oh, what rank? Yeah, uh, At <laughs> Perry. I I mean, look. Um, we well, really, people think that because he was drafted, he's going to make the team. Well, That's not necessarily the case. But, no, but Aaron, so I mean, you've been out there. JD's been out there. I mean, he, 
let's be honest, he hasn't exactly stood out. I mean, he's he's, he's not a, been very consistent. Exactly. So uh, for him, though, to, to perform that way, the six catches is one thing. But to be targeted six times and make every play, that's another thing. So, you know, I always say, I mean, look, you can't teach height. He's, he's a big target. Um, so if he can, you know, be a little bit more consistent during practices, I mean, maybe he's a gamer. Who knows? But he made every play. In that game, and that touchdown was uh, was very impressive that, that Winston threw. First of all, it was a really good ball by Jameis. Uh, but for him to go up and get it and then make the spin and then dive and uh, get to the end zone, I, I know Dennis Allen wants him to hold on to the ball a little bit more, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, he's still crossed the plane. But that was a that was a pretty athletic play. So I'd, I'd just like to see him, you know, do a little bit more in camp and, and these last couple of games and see if he progresses because – uh, having a big six five, you know, six six type receiver, that is uh that's big time if you can if you can get them to, to do that. Well they've been looking for Marcus Colston since yeah. Marcus Colston retired. Maybe you get a Marcus Colston, not two point but maybe a four point five or something. <laughs> maybe he can fill that role. A great throw by Jameis, as you mentioned. Maybe his best best throw of camp as far as I'm concerned. Um Hugo Amati. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because when you come up with a turnover, that always opens people's eyes. And he came up with the turnover off a tip pass. And uh, great awareness by him. Now, really nice play by Elante Taylor to tip it mm-hmm. because Elante has had an uneven camp. Let's let's say it that way. It was a good response by him because he got burned. Yeah, he got burned on the deep one. And Dennis Allen said, hey, that kind of changed the momentum of the game. But, you know, he comes up with a deflection, which is good to see him not get his head down because he's going to need to get his confidence together because if he's going to play and he's going to if he's going to play a lot, it's going to have to be in the slot. He's not going to beat out Adebo. He's not. Mm. And so he's going to have to play in the slot, and he's adjusting to it. And the adjustment has probably taken a little bit longer than the Saints want or a little bit longer than Elante wants. But that's where his position is. If he, Because he's, he's one of the top three cornerbacks on his team. And you want him on the field, but he's going to have to do it in the slot. Well, J.D., I mean, look, we were talking about this in the booth during the game. Um, you know <laughs> – He's actually not had a bad camp. He just hasn't made any plays. He's he's in position. His coverage is pretty solid day in and day out. But I mean, if it's 50-50, who if if he's going up against Chris Olave, how many times is Chris Olave coming up with the ball and Taylor who was right there is not making a play? But he's that's the thing make, Dennis Allen right. saying, you know, you got to have a guy. And I don't think I don't necessarily know if he's specifically talking about Alante and yet you feel like he's specifically talking about those two, those two guys when, have gone up against each other plenty in those. Because when you say, drills. you know, when you say you, we need a guy back there who's going to make a play at the top of the route. Well, Alante isn't making plays at the top of the route. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Olave catches a fantastic catch against him in the Superdome practice. Just a wonderful touchdown. But Alante is right there and doesn't get the ball on the ground. And that's the thing you look at as a coach and you're saying, get the ball on the ground. That's you're right there. You're in position. Get it on the ground because now that goes, you know, to either third and whatever. No, it was third and seven was the call. So it's fourth down, and they got to kick it, or or you get off the field. You get off the field with a pick, or it's six. Well, you, he gives up the six. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing that's really getting perplexing about him. I know it's against Chris Olave, and Chris Olave is gonna make a lot of folks look bad because he's that good a player. But you got to make those plays against him because those are the kind of guys you're going to be playing against when you're on the field. Is it 
he was overly aggressive last year and he's trying to dial it back because he did get a lot of penalty calls last season. Is it because he's trying to switch in and out from different positions? See, I think it's the position because they, they – look, this coaching staff defensively, they want you to be aggressive. Now they don't want you to pick up the penalties, but they want you to be aggressive. And it seems like he's unsure of himself, and I think the only thing I can factor in is the position change where you're just a little bit unsure of the space and you're unsure of your help. Because when you're on the outside, as much as this team plays man-to-man and stuff – well, you know what your assignment is. Okay, you got this leverage or you got that leverage and you play and you guy. But when you're on the inside, now it's, you know, okay, am I funneling this guy here? Am I doing this? Am I am I in a help mode? What what am I doing, you know, in zone? And so I just think he's probably thinking a little mm-hmm. bit too much because he has the athleticism. We know that. Um he's got to work some on his ball skills because he dropped a few picks last year, but you know, he seems to be a guy that you want on the field. You want him on the field. You want him on the field in special teams. You want him on the field on defense. He's a guy who can make stuff happen, but he's got to get comfortable with it. And right now, Bradley Roby's more comfortable playing the nickel than he is. And you got to get him in that comfort zone because he's he's one of your best corners and you want him on the field. Yeah, we'll see how they kind of if they make any adjustments at all when we go out to play the Chargers and, and the Texans. And, and if he, you're going to see a little more of sure. Taylor in the slot. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it looked like A.T. Perry was targeted a lot. I think that was by design. I think they wanted to see what he could do. I think that they also are given a lot of opportunities to Peyton Turner at the end. But it kind of seems at this point that Carl Granderson might have that spot, you know, on the opposite side of Cam Jordan down. I I mean, as of right now, I, I agree. But we did see Turner get a big-time hit on Blaine Gabbert in that first uh, quarter, and it forced the third down, three, it forced a three and out, and we got the ball back. You know, your defensive line, you got to go eight deep. I mean, that, that's, that's ideally what you want to do, where you can keep guys fresh, bring them in and out. And look, I don't think, you know, I, I know a lot's expected of Peyton Turner this year, but if Granderson's starting, Granderson's getting the job done, and, and Carl has to take take a breather, and if Peyton can come in and, and not, you know, give up any slack, then I think the coaching staff would be more than happy with that. I was just glad to see him come in, that play that he made. Uh, he came from the right end and did a little spin move and, and came right up the middle and, and was basically untouched. I mean, he really, he decked Gabbard. Yeah, I, I want to see it out of him because he's a first-round pick, and you've invested in him, mm-hmm. and you've had patience with him. Uh, through the injuries and so you know I want to see him be able to take that spot and start now Carl Granderson played well last year and he's played well when he's gotten the opportunities so there's no charity cases around here you got to beat him out if you're Peyton Turner they ain't just going to give it to you because you're a first round pick you got to go beat him out, and right now it doesn't look like he's beating him out. But do you want to knock on that lumber yard? The thing about Turner, though, is he's been out here every day. I mean, yeah. in the last couple of camps, yeah. he has missed significant time yeah. in training camp, and he just has not had the reps. But, you know, I got a chance to talk to him and did a one-on-one with him for our TV show, Aaron. And, I mean, he really, really talked about how – it's been about prevention with him, like mm-hmm. prehab, as he called it, and you know, and really trying to get his body into a position where you can avoid injury before, you know, you even take the field. So I think, I mean, to this point, it's been working for See, him because he has been available. I like that about him, though. You get guys who don't want to talk about injuries. Oh, I, you know, that's behind me, and I don't want to talk about that. Look, that's reality. He gets it. Yeah. The man's been yeah. hurt, and he's willing to discuss, look, I need to do something to mm-hmm. stay healthy. He's not ignoring the elephant in the room 
And I think that shows a sign of maturity and a guy who understands what the expectations are of him. Speaking of injury, it looks like Kendra Miller avoided a serious injury. Looks like he'll be able to be available again by the start of the season. Tough because he missed all of the offseason OTAs as a rookie. Really wanted him to get this time. And then you have Jamal Williams who came in. He didn't have any huge plays, but he looked really good as a blocker. I mean, he was was doing a little bit of dirty work. Tell you what, what I tell you up in the booth, J.D., what I tell you during the that guy runs hard, man. He runs hard. And, again, that screenplay from Carr – uh, in the first quarter to, to uh, actually it was the pass to, to uh, Michael Thomas. It was the pass to Michael Thomas over the middle. I mean, they, KC had a guy coming in full bore, and Jamal Williams picked up that blitz and gave Carr an extra second or two to, to make the throw. So you got a guy who is not afraid to stick his head in there. And look, I, you know, I was thinking about it when I was watching – Watching the replay, I'm thinking, well, obviously Kamara's not going to be playing the first three games. I mean, I don't think I would have a problem with Sky toting the load at all, the way he runs. No, I I think I reflect back to when Alvin Kamara's first year, and I was talking to Joel Thomas, who's running backs coach, and what Joel Thomas said then was, we got to find out if he's willing to stick his face in the briar patch. <laughs> you know, and Jamal Williams is willing to do that. And they yeah, found that no out doubt. about Alvin. That's You know, you, you got to have a guy back there – yeah, he can be pretty and he can run nice. And can you pick up the blitz because they're gonna blitz, and at some point you got to block somebody, or you're gonna get your quarterback hurt. Jamal Williams will do that, and he's willing to stick his nose in the briar patch in terms of running between the tackles. So you don't have any fears there. Kendra, look, man, I I feel for him mm-hmm. because he is so far behind. He is so far behind. Just when he gets to the point where you feel like he might be catching up a little bit, then he gets this injury and he's he might be out the rest of the preseason. So now it's, you know, you start back to square one and you hope he's ready for the season opener. And, you know, again, it, it's just he needs these reps. He needs to be out there against the Chargers doing blitz, blitz pickup. He mm-hmm. needs to be out there running routes. He needs to be out there just running, period. And unfortunately, here it is, he's sidelined again. He's already been behind. He didn't do any offseason work. He finally gets ready for training camp. He gets in the training camp and he gets hurt. So, you know, I feel for him because it's just, you know, it's a hundred percent injury rate in this in this league, and man, he he just he's got to get he's got to catch a break. Yeah, I, I I guess the good news is it could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. It could have been, been a lot worse. worse. You know, the old saying, man, it's uh, running backs and pitchers. You can never have too many. No, nah, man, I I just it's like man, he he just got right. Yeah. And now he's back out. No, yeah. and he was – he was. I mean, I mean there are moments had, where many, you're like, okay, I can see what this guy is going to be able I mean, to do. He had a few carries in the game, and it was like, you know, right when he got hurt, we didn't know he got hurt yeah. until, a, you know, a couple of plays after. But it's like, all right, they're going to start feeding this guy the ball. And yeah. then you, yeah. you see him be able to get into a rhythm and all that, and you, it just never saw And it. on top of that, I mean, you can't walk in the door saying, you know, I'm taking out Camara's spot. <laughs> and, and, and not be, be on the field. Be on the field yeah. So, so you gotta, you know, I know it's freakish stuff. Injuries happen, but he's got to get it together. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does kind of transpire throughout all the preseason. See if he's going to be able to get on the field at all. Jay Kaner, another rookie, started out slow. Not the best start for him, but he did redeem himself, kind of, because then you go into the two point conversion situation, but. He delivered, got the the team down the field twice, once for the touchdown, then for the field goal. Looked like he settled in okay. But I think we can all kind of pump the brakes. People are really high on him. Well, 
he's got ability, and I I think the the cool part about it was he didn't let what happened during the time he was in there affect him what happened at the end of the game when he really needed to take the team and drive him down, which he did. Um, yeah, the two point. But again, he's a rookie. That's a, that was his first time uh, putting a uniform on as a professional and uh, in the Superdome, no less. So uh, it was just good to see him put everything behind him and say. And and he, had, I thought he had a great attitude after the game. He talked about it. He goes, yeah. you know, I can't be worried about it. And of course, Carr came over to him and said, "Hey, I threw an interception in my first preseason game too." So, uh, I think this, I think this kid has a really good mentality, um, and it's going to suit him well. Well, Carr says he's got moxie. He always said that says that about him. Uh, he's in a great position. He's the number three quarterback. Um, so I, I won't say there aren't any expectations, but he can kind of let it hang loose and make mistakes and play through them. Uh, more so than if he was a veteran. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, heard about training camp practices and, you know, man, that should be the number two quarterback mm-hmm. and he ought to unseat James. Look, folks, this is the NFL. And and experience when, matters a little when, bit. <laughs> when 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 the lights come on, even in preseason, when the lights come on, folks are fast. They're really fast and they're really good. And he had now he he missed a couple of open throws that he probably should have made. The interception he threw was yeah. You know, it's one of those where obviously a miscommunication, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, don't assume because a guy looks good in practice that it's going to translate to the field all the time because a lot of times it doesn't. He's got to kind of catch up and, you know, get his feet under him. And I think he did. He, he, he kept his wits about him, which is the main thing you have to do as a quarterback. And then you have Groupie that comes in, delivers the field goal at the end of the game. That was awesome. And then he gets harassed by security on the way in and the way out. I mean, the guy's little. Like, I I, try, I told people after the game, I, I met some folks after the game at my favorite watering hole just to talk about the game, and I told them about Groupie, and I said, you, you people don't understand. He looks like he's 15 years old. I mean, he really does. 15, he, is, 15 is a lie. 12, maybe. But, I mean, Ooh. he's got a leg. Yeah. yeah he, look, he looks like an NFL kicker. Now, I don't know if it's going to be here, but he looks like an NFL kicker. And if the Saints like him a whole lot, they're going to have to figure out some kind of creative mm-hmm. way to hold on to him because I don't know if you can cut him and he and and be able to think you can he, sign him back. Not, to the he he won't last. Yeah, I no. He, he he looks like an NFL. Yes, kicker. he does. What about the punters? Because Gillikin had a, a not so great punt, and then Headley. I mean, is that even is that a competition? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what has either done to make you feel? Good, good about him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Headley's I mean, done anything that I've like has stood out. Yeah, I mean, now when we talk about when we talk about Gillikin, when we're talking about the positive, we're talking about two years ago because last year was an inconsistent mm-hmm. season by his own terms. Well, the first so, punt that he had looked like last year. The first punt he had looked like me, mm. and so, <laughs> so now you're saying, okay, if if he's if you don't feel great about him, can the competition take it over? Well, the competition didn't look like. It's handled it well, so now you're thinking, okay, well, if you have to do it, you got to you got to go with the guy you know, right? Mm-hmm. But look, this is the NFL. There are 31 other teams with guys punting, and so you're looking around, saying, okay, hmm, this guy for Cincinnati doesn't look too bad. So you're competing against a lot of people besides the guy that's on the field with you. Mm-hmm. So both of those guys need to really get it together quick because I don't think either one of them has had a camp to be proud of. 
Yeah, it's something we're going to be watching definitely in this next preseason game. But before that, we'll get some joint practices. Just what are you looking a, forward to with those? Getting on a plane. That's okay. what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> getting out of getting here. Getting out of the heat? Yeah, no, look, San Diego's a good... San Diego. L.A. Um, I mean, I'm... Costa say, Mesa. Yeah, well, I'm going to say... I'm talking. I'm just thinking Chargers. Uh, look, they were a playoff team last year. I mean, this is... Mm-hmm. They've, they've got an outstanding quarterback. They've got two elite wide receivers. They got Bosa on defensive end. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. I mean, you know, you go up against defending world champions in your first preseason game. Now you're going up against another playoff team here this week. So it's just, it's going to be nice to go up against competition because these joint practices are a lot of fun, man. They're a lot of fun. They're feisty, which is what I like. So I'm going to like seeing the Saints number one defense going against the Chargers number one offense because there's a lot of, of pride at stake there. Um, if you are who you believe you are, then you're going to have to show in these joint practices because I don't think they'll get a whole lot of reps in the game, if any, because you basically get all your first team reps out in the joint practice. That's where the real action is. That's where the scrapping is. So I'm looking for it because every time I think these teams have joint practice, I want to say they've gotten to a little scrape. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to the chippiness that goes along with it because a lot of pride's at stake. I don't care what you say. You, do, If you're Marshawn Lattimore, you don't want that dude to beat you. Whoever it is, you don't want him to beat you. And if you're, if you're you know, Justin Herbert, you don't want to throw a pick to Marshawn Lattimore. You know? So I'm, I'm just looking forward to that competition. And let, let's just get this out of here right now. This is your public service announcement to all the Saints fans out there. If you look bad one day, don't panic because we say this every year, JD. If you if the team looks bad one, if the Chargers are whooping you offensively or defensively, you start. Oh my good! It always flip flops, and yeah. it's it's always a 50-50 type of deal. One team does not dominate both days. It never happens. The team that wins the first day loses the second exactly day because the team that loses the first day is really really yep. pissed off about yep. losing the first <laughs> yep. day, and they come back and they win the second day. So. <laughs> You know, that's the part, that, but that's the part I like. You know, they re- they get really ticked off about the competition. And if you if you don't perform well, you know, that other those other guys are looking at you like, yeah, you ain't you ain't exactly what you say you are. And so you got to kind of defend your reputation. There's going to be a lot going on on a couple fields there. Yep. So we will divide and conquer, but we'll have you covered. We'll have our year view show. We'll have the podcast. We're going to be catching people on the sidelines there that are watching. Obviously, John will have you covered with his articles and stories, and we'll have the keys from Todd Graffinini. So we'll, we'll all be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you won't miss anything if you stick with us. So don't forget, NewOrleansSaints.com, at Saints on Twitter. We will talk to you again on the New Orleans Saints podcast soon. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.